Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beer and Biceps podcast and today I will be talking about my issues with the paleo diet. Um, you might remember I've done something quite similar with the keto diet and obviously after it came out millions of people stopped doing the diet and I was called a national hero so I thought I'd uh, you know, try and hit uh, strike lightning twice and do and ruin the paleo diet for everyone. So, if you're not familiar, I thought it'd be a good idea for me to say what the paleo diet is. Um, it's basically a diet that is based on um, the foods that people ate during the Paleolithic times, uh, which I will go into why that's stupid later, but for now let's just say basically caveman diet is another way of looking at it. Um, this type of diet has been around in various forms for over a century. Um, there was a guy at the at the end of the 19th century who sort of had this sort of idea that modern diets were wrong and that we should need to get back to the food of our ancestors and this sort of thinking tends to come around every once in a while um, and it's kind of just this uh, it's a logical fallacy really it's uh, I think it's called like an appeal to nature or something like that but the idea that um, what you define as natural is essentially better which I understand where that comes from but it's actually a very stupid way of doing it. I mean, antibiotics are not natural, but, you know, poison ivy is, you know, which would you rather take if you had a cold? Actually, don't take antibiotics if you have a cold, that's a bad example. But you get what I mean, um, this idea that everything that's natural is really good for you and everything that is um, made in a lab or, you know, the result of technology or has been in any way influenced by humans is uh, bad which is a really stupid sort of way of thinking, in, in my opinion, because, well, I mean, everything we have around us is the invention of humans, and it's pretty damn sweet. I'm talking into a microphone next to a laptop whilst drinking a beer from Turkey, which I haven't even mentioned, by the way. Um, the beer I'm drinking today is FS beer. But let's get back to the paleo diet, which, by the way, beer's not on the paleo diet, so you can see why I would not be a big fan. <laughs> but the idea is that to cut out all of the processed food, the junk food, all the uh, quote-unquote bad food, and just eat the food that our ancestors were designed to eat, that our bodies want, because that's how we are. Um, that's the idea. And when I first heard it, I thought it sounded pretty cool. Um, so, you know, you're, you're not eating sausage rolls, you're, you're not drinking milk. I can't remember why. You're not drinking. I guess um, dairy farms and cattle were not something that cavemen had access to, but it seems like a pretty natural thing to me. Uh, you can't have bread because obviously bread is processed. You know, even though we've had it for thousands of years, but I need to stay calm. I need to get back onto this. Um, yeah, but the yeah, the food you're focusing on is food that theoretically could be hunted. So they really like people on paleo diets love venison. They love game. They love uh, elk, they love zebra, crocodile, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, organic vegetables and fruit where possible. Um, uh, it's a big emphasis on local produce, kind of. I'll get into that again in a bit. And a big focus on proteins. So there's a lot of good stuff in that. I mean, 
game gamey foods and venison and all that they're, they're very high in protein they're very low in fat they're very good for you um organic vegetables is fine i mean i personally think that non-organic veg is just as good for you it's a lot cheaper and is actually in its own way better for the environment which i talked about in a previous podcast actually uh, but you know basically it's a it's a nice diet you know it's there's nothing too too wrong with it um i saw it described recently as the right-wing version of veganism and i think that is absolutely nail on the head it's an appeal to nature but it's more an appeal to hunting and meat and protein and testosterone and it's it's exactly that manly man you know the type of guy who can hunt his own elk and then you know butcher it himself and then feed his family and provide for them it's that you know that sort of uh you know properly right wing independent um libertarian sort of dream and that is the type of usually those are the type of people it attracts in the same way that veganism is all about you know socialism left-wing ideals um sharing community if you sort of thought thought about it in a way the paleo and the vegans tend to represent the the hunters and the gatherers um except they both hate each other rather than working with each other it's it's kind of a messed up relationship but that's sort of the idea and i think that's quite a quite a good way of looking at it so kudos to whoever said that i'm afraid i can't give you the credit because i can't remember who you were um, but it's a bang on uh, metaphor, no, description. Um, anyway, so you get a sort of idea of what the uh, paleo diet is. You don't eat processed food, you focus on um, natural foods, again with the quotes. Um, but does it work? Um, well, it, I, I guess a better question would be what does the paleo diet want to achieve? Can you lead a healthy life on it? Yes. Can you exercise and get good results in the gym from it? Yes. Is it the best for either of those? No. It's another diet which is restricting arbitrary foods for no real good reason, um, which makes it harder to follow. Um, So, no, it doesn't make any of those easier, but then again, you could lead a good life on it. And the fact that there are rules will suit some some people need rules even if they don't make sense like oh you can't eat bread or you can't drink milk because your ancestors wouldn't have touched them that is a stupid meaningless pointless rule but it is a rule and they could follow that rule and if you've got rules like that some people really really do well following these strict step-by-step rules in fact to be honest to a certain extent i suit those rules but then, because I know that it doesn't need to work, I couldn't follow it. So I could never do the paleo diet. Also, I love bread, and I love milk, and I love beer. So genuinely, fuck that diet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, my main problem with the paleo diet is that it is illogical. And this next section is what I'm gonna I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So. The diet is supposed to be based on the diet of people in the Paleolithic era. But the Paleolithic era lasted for 2.5 million years. And it spanned... Well, it didn't span the globe because humans hadn't reached every part of the globe. But it spanned a massive area. Now, 
I can't even begin to tell you how many different diets that would have involved. Like, yeah, there wouldn't have been too many cakes and that sort of stuff. But, you know, look at the diet now in 2020 in the UK and look at the diet in 1900s Japan. You couldn't think of two more different diets, could you? And that's only 120 years ago and opposite ends of the world. Now think about a diet in, you know... Doggerland, which was in between Britain and France and the Netherlands, an area of land. I don't know why I used that, really. I should have just said England. All right, imagine a diet in England, you know, at the beginning of the Paleolithic era compared to Southern Africa at the end of the Paleolithic era, 2.5 million years later. How could that diet be anything close to the same? It wouldn't be. Those diets would look nothing alike. There would be more in common now between... A vegan diet in Los Angeles and a game-only diet in the uh, uh, Central African Republic than there would have been between most diets in the Paleolithic era. The only thing that Paleolithic era people would have had in common is their desire to eat food to live. There is not a chance in hell that a paleolithic person would turn down a Bakewell tart because it wasn't paleo. If they saw that food and there was a chance for them to get it, they would eat it. Yeah, they might check to see if it was poisonous or, you know, all that sort of stuff. I don't really know how that worked. But whatever food they could get, they would eat because that's how you survive. And that is the opposite of what people are doing today with the paleo diet. Today, you're going, oh, but is it paleo? In the same way as, oh, but is it vegan? Or, oh, but is it keto? You know, you're being picky for no reason. Like, Also, another big tenet of the paleo diet is that it's designed for, you know, human number one. And, you know, that the human's digestive system was built to survive the foods of the paleolithic diet. And it's never changed and it's never adapted. But that's actually completely untrue. Like, The paleolithic diet was found to adapt... Um, They've, they did um, tests on the, the bones of people from different eras of the Paleolithic diet, and, they, and I don't know how they found this out, but they can find out what you know that, that the digestive system of humans has changed and adapted and evolved to fit our diets as they've changed, which is why in the West, where uh, drinking cow milk is a lot more popular than drinking cow milk in Asia, that's why they're a lot less lactose intolerant people because we've developed the enzyme or eradicated the enzyme. I don't know. I'm, I'm pushing myself here on my knowledge of lactose intolerance, but it's, you know, some people because of our diet has actually changed how our body works. And now we can handle dairy whilst people in East Asia, that's actually a lot less, that, that's a lot less common. So that, you know, the, the whole point of the paleo diet is to find the food that fits our body best but it's not true because our body has already adapted to all of these foods. We've had bread and we've had milk as part of our diet, especially in the West, for thousands and thousands of years. You know, it's like um, beer has been part of our diets for, I think it's, you know, tens of thousands of years. It's ridiculous. So the idea that, you know, all of a sudden we can't touch it is just crazy. So... Yeah, it's just another form of picky eating. Um, I would say it's not harmful. Like, one of the uh, downsides of it is supposed to be a lack of calcium because you're not having any dairy, but you can get calcium from other sources. Um, 
green leafy veg it's, it can be a source of calcium so your broccoli and all that sort of stuff and you can eat that um but yeah it's just unnecessary and another thing which i forgot to mention actually was um none of the foods that we eat now would really have been accessible in paleo times like for example fruit fruit did exist in those times but we have specifically engineered that fruit over thousands of years to be more delicious to be easier so like a banana that we eat today looks absolutely nothing like a banana did a thousand years ago like bananas used to be these things that were absolutely filled with seeds and you could barely get into it and it was really difficult to eat but now they're just there's almost no seeds in it and you can just eat it normally you know we we've cultivated that exactly it's basically genetic modification um and it always has been so why people are scared of gm foods today absolutely baffles me because almost all of our food is genetically modified we've been messing with cow reproduction since we've been looking after cows like you know you get the the strongest male to impregnate the most fertile female and you 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 breed traits I don't really know how I get into these subjects. Anyway, um, yeah. If you want to do the paleo diet, all power to you. There are so many benefits to it, you know, that I'm not going to sit here and say don't do it because you could lead a perfectly healthy life on it. And unlike the keto diet, I think it actually suits um, most forms of training quite well. It's not as good as a regular diet because... um, your access to carbohydrates is a bit more limited. Like, you're not allowed bread, you're not allowed pasta. I think you're allowed rice. I'm not sure. Um, but either way, it can. it's more difficult. But it's still possible. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really hinder performance. You can lose weight on it. And, yeah, you know, whatever encourages you to eat more fruit and veg, that's absolutely fine. Um, but do you need to do it? No. Is there any real benefits to do it? No, a little bit of structure, yeah, but you could get more structure from any other form of diet. As I've always bang on about, a simple calorie-controlled diet where you just focus on hitting your protein targets will deliver you much better results over time. Um, So yeah, that's the paleo diet. I wouldn't really recommend it. Um, The beer I'm drinking today is FS Draft. Um, it comes in an absolutely ugly can. I've got to be honest. It's it's supposed to look like a like a, a a keg, like a wooden keg, but it just looks horrible to me. I really don't like the design. Um, but the beer itself is good. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna take a sip now. Yeah, so it's your standard lager, and it's five percent, which is what I quite like. But Interestingly, this beer's got a really strong sort of honey taste, um, and sort of a honey aroma as well, which I don't normally get in beers. I mean, I remember off the top of my head, there's a couple of beers I've had which have been honey flavoured, but they they those ones are explicitly like they've got honey in the name. You know, they they advertise the fact that they're honey flavoured. Um, Youngs did a honey beer, um, and Fuller's did a honey beer, but. Effers, not once in the can does it say honey anywhere, but it's just a really nice taste, and I really enjoy that. Um, Effers has got a funny sort of... It's a funny beer, actually. I did an article on my website about beer in Turkey, and I've done a lot of articles about beers in certain countries, and you always find with countries, do you? You've got, like, the main brand that everyone drinks, and then there's, you know, 
the slightly lesser known brand and then there's like hundreds of smaller brands and that's the case the world over in america the known brand would be budweiser or cause and then you know you've got like the smaller ones then you've got the smaller ones um in britain it would be tenants in scotland or carling in england or brains in wales well probably carling in wales actually um in ireland you've got heineken randomly or guinness you know, but so you've got your main beer that everyone drinks, and then there's lower ones. In Turkey, you've got Efes, and then you've got almost nothing else. It's the one of the most one-beer states I've ever seen. I think their second most popular beer is Carlsberg, but it's way, way down the list. Um, Efes is pretty much just the only beer, but... Now, Turkey has other breweries, but the problem with Turkey is that in the recent years, this so-called secular nation has actually taken a very strong religious hardline, just they haven't really advertised it, but that's the problem, advertising. In Turkey, you are not allowed to advertise beer at all, so you can't have websites, you can't have pictures, you can't do anything like that, so when I was doing the article, it was so frustrating because... You'd be able to find the name of a brewery, but they wouldn't be able to have a website. So, you know, that I can't remember any of the breweries off by heart because, well, you know, there was nothing to report on them. But, yeah, it was, even FS itself doesn't have a website at all. Like, all the information I found about any of those beers were from messenger boards, um, other websites made by fellow nerds, and um wikipedia entries that, that was all i could do because they're just they're not allowed to talk about it so like the craft beer scene in turkey there are craft breweries there but because they can't advertise and because they can't talk about themselves they never get heard of like i think they've had in the whole country they've had like a, only like five beer festivals ever and they're all sponsored by fs so it's it, it's like it's got so easy for FS that they can even afford to advertise craft beers and all that sort of stuff because it doesn't affect their sales. Luckily, though, I like FS beer. I think it's great. I think it's a shame that um, religion has prevented other breweries from being able to compete. And I think it's a shame that, you know, there's not a vast variety of beers in Turkey. But if you're only going to have one beer... It's quite a nice beer. Like, it's not... I mean, I don't have a go at Portuguese beer, but, like, in Portugal, they've only got two or three big breweries, and they're not amazing. Like, you know, they've got Sagres and another beer. can't remember off the top of my head. But they're, they're fine, but they're not amazing. Whereas FS is actually de really quite decent. So, yeah, it's all right. Like... I'm enjoying drinking it. I'm glad I got it. Also, um, I didn't choose this beer, um, but I'm recording this podcast on the 1st of December and um, Lucy, my missus, she did a, um, a beer advent calendar for me. So this was day one. So it was quite a nice surprise, actually. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast on that and I'm going to bore people about Turkish beer and paleo diet and then nobody will listen to it. But yeah, it'll be a fun way to spend a Tuesday night. So anyway, um, I hope you're all also drinking excellent beer. I hope you've all got yourself a partner who celebrates your alcoholism like mine does. And I hope you all are very interested in not following a paleo diet and drinking FS beer. It's amazing. Have a good one.